What is this whole idea of the coexist bumper stickers? Do all religions say the same thing? Join us on the Real Issue Podcast as we look at this question and a whole lot more. And you are listening to the Real Issue Podcast. We are actually recording a few days early as we have a fellowship with a family at our church. So we are recording and I was fishing for a topic. And Podcast Garden finally, if you're a subscriber to our podcast, you'll notice that Podcast Garden is allowing you to get the older episodes. And some of those are not clear and I think that's possibly because of when we were using GarageBand, our settings were a little funky. But now that we're using Audacity, we're going and resurrecting some of those episodes, and we're bringing them back, and they're, we're just basically refreshing them. And as you heard the question, do all religions basically say the same thing, or what's the whole idea of these coexist bumper stickers with all the religions on them. Well, this is what I want to talk about today because as you look at Facebook and as you see things happening, you're going to see more and more of a push for one world religion. That's right. I said it. A one world religion. You know, some people think that's a conspiracy theory, but I really don't. You know, I think the scripture is pretty clear that there is going to be a one-world religion. I think we're starting to see some things, and I think it starts with this whole pluralism, uh, religious pluralism push, and this religious pluralization. Now, religious pluralism is the common idea around the culture coming from various forms of media. It's in the college classrooms. It, it is promoted all over the place, and even in workplaces. That basically says that all religions say the same thing, that all religions teach the same thing. What I want to do is I want to, in this show today, dispel that because I know that is not correct. I had a conversation not too long ago with somebody and I was letting them know what my thoughts were on this. And basically, I'll, I'll what I will do is I'll just tell you first and foremost on a superficial basis the only thing that religions do that have anything in common are right teaching people to think rightly, interpret their feelings correctly, think, feeling, and act. Think rightly, feel rightly, and act morally. Every religion has a moral law, which goes and shows that even in our own hearts that there's a moral law giver whether we believe in Jesus Christ or not. But Religious pluralism is a situation characterized by a number of alternative religions and diverse perspectives of religion with resulting problem for the adherence of each view of what attitude to take toward other views. Now, what I mean by that is, and we'll probably touch more on this a little bit later, but people believe their religions for a reason. And they believe those religions to be true. 
So there's a few things we need to remember here. First off, the first thing we need to remember is those making the claim do not understand world religions. In other words, those who say that all religions teach the same thing, say the same thing, lead to the same place. These are the folks who do not understand world religions that are making the claim out of ignorance. Secondly, all religions are superficially seeking the same things, as I just mentioned, right thinking, right feelings, and right action. And thirdly, if we look at the world religions from their particular worldviews, I, I, I taught world religions at the seminary level up in the Northeast Branch at Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary back in the late 90s. And I taught these world religions from a worldview perspective. And this is where this one comes from. If we look at those religions from their particular worldview perspective, we can see that there are some fundamental differences. Now, where is this claim of all religions saying the same thing incorrect? You know, where is, where, where, where is this whole thing incorrect? Well, first and foremost, it is incorrect from the perspective of understanding, number one, a worldview. Now, you've heard me mention this, and you're thinking, well, Rob, you've mentioned a worldview before, and I think you've talked about this. I can't find the podcast because Podcast Garden crushed it. Well, <laughs> here it is. A worldview from uh, James Sire, one of my favorite writers, James Sire, from, in his book, The Universe Next Door, says, A worldview is a commitment, a fundamental orientation of the heart that can be expressed in a story or a set of presuppositions, basically assumptions that may be true, partially true, or entirely false, that you and I hold consciously or subconsciously, con subconsciously consistently or inconsistently, about the basic constitution of reality and that provides the foundation for which we live and move and have our being. That's, chapter, uh, that's James Sire's book, Defining a, 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 a Worldview. Uh, that's on page 17, if you have the third or fourth. I think it's been through a few editions already. So when we look at this perspective, we can think of it from three different angles. One one God, two, all is God, and three, no God at all. Or you can say it this way, God made all, God is all, or no God at all. When you look at the God made all, or one God, we got three major religions underneath those that are uh, fundamentally different. Very, very similar in the fact that they believe in one God, but they are fundamentally different. That's Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. I won't get into those differences right now. All I'll say is that they're fundamentally different. And then, of course, if you take the worldview of pantheism and you have the religions that say, you know, all is God or all is one, that's, that's Buddhism and Hinduism, but even though there are some atheistic strains of uh, Buddhism in, uh, in certain schools of thought, most of it is pantheistic. And then, of course, atheism that says no God at all, and that's the secular humanist groups like um, um, uh, atheism and secular humanism and all kinds of different views of atheism that are out there that are no theisms at all. All that said, 
And of course, then there's polytheism. I forgot that one. Polytheism says that that you know uh, that there are many many gods or God a God for all or a God in all. And of course, you have Mormonism that's polytheistic. Yes, I said it. Mormonism, the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, is polytheistic, and you have uh, over three hundred million deities in 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 Hinduism. So you have that. There is a worldview chart that I'm going to be putting on my website at roblundbergapologetics.com so that you can take a look at some of these worldviews and all. This is coming out of the, the ministry called Summit Ministries. We're looking to send my daughter there uh, in one of the camps this year, this summer. So uh, we're hoping that, um, that, uh, that she'll uh, come back well-equipped, even more than what she gets at home. But when you go and you take a look at this chart, you can see with just with the perspective of God, you know, theism says that there's one God who is infinite and personal. Of course, atheism says that there is no God. And deism says that there's one infinite personal God who basically wound up the clock, if you will, and then set it out there and let it wind down. And then pantheism says one infinite impersonal God. And then polytheism says more... Uh, or two or more finite and personal gods. So people go that are involved in Wicca or Druidism or, or some of these other pagan religions that are out there, they'll go and tell you, yeah, I, I worship a god. But when you start asking questions like, do they answer your prayers, they'll tell you, no, they don't. Um, when you look at the perspective of the world, uh, the theistic worldview believes that the world is finite and temporal and created out of nothing. The atheist view believes in an eternal world, and and then of course all the other views out there that they have different views at all. So I mean, just those two categories alone will tell you that there are in there are multiple fundamental differences in all this. Yet people go around with the co coexist bumper sticker saying, "Hey, you know, they're all the same thing." No, they're not. No, they're not. When we when we look at this, um, let me look at another one here. I'm, I'm looking at this from the perspective of the problem of evil. When we when we look at the problem of evil, the theistic worldview that's Judaism, Christianity, and Islam uh, says that evil is a free choice. Now that's talking about moral evil and that it will be defeated one day by God. And the atheistic worldview says it, it's human ignorance, that there's no such thing as evil. It's just basically human ignorance, and it can be defeated by man. Well, why would it be defeated by man if there's no moral law? If there's no moral law, there's no moral lawgiver. So there's a, there's a, there's a huge problem there. But when we look at the fact of these worldviews, you know, we could talk about the monotheistic worldview for the rest of this show. But I think there's one thing that I want to share with you with regards to this. That, you know, somebody goes and says to you, well, you know, Islam and, and the Judeo-Christian worldview worship the same God. And I have to say, no, that's not true. While we believe that God is personal, as do the Muslims... They believe God is personal as far as a personality. There is no personal relationship 
with that God, Allah, like a Christian has, and like a Jew, a, a, someone embracing the Jewish faith tries to pursue. So there's all kinds of problems with that as well. I'm going to go to a break, and then what we're going to do is we're going to look at four questions that evaluate a worldview, and we will be back in just a moment. Welcome to the One Minute Apologist. Apologist. If you had one minute to be able to unpack for the audience, we interview the world's leading apologists to provide credible answers to curious questions. Dr. Hazen, we're living in a time where a lot of people are confused about Christianity or other faiths for that matter. I mean, they'll say, what distinguishes Christianity from other faiths? When you look at other faiths, they'll claim miracles, they'll claim healings, they'll believe that God leads them by providence, they'll say that God answers their prayers, they have special revelation. So how do we really feel confident as Christians that we've got the right truth? You know, we, we actually use the mind that, that God has given us to explore these claims. And it's not that hard. In fact, what I, one thing I've discovered is, is people of other faiths and even religious studies experts and experts in world religions hate the idea of actually probing those claims. You see? In other words, if a Buddhist makes a claim or a Hindu or a Muslim makes a claim, you know, or a Mormon for goodness sakes, don't probe the claim. I don't investigate it because you'll be disappointed or it's not going to give you the answer you're hoping for or it really can't be probed because it's so mystical and, and otherworldly. Christianity is very different in that it invites investigation. It says, come and explore this and see if you can understand. And again, Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 makes this outrageous statement. If Jesus did not come back from the dead, a Christianity is just not true. Your faith is worthless. Go do something else for goodness sakes. There's no other religion that takes the probing and the investigation so seriously. Christianity can withstand that kind of investigation. Other religions just simply can't. We interview the world's leading apologists to provide credible answers to curious questions. Frank, is truth true for you, but not for me? I always hear that, and I usually say, is that true for everybody? Is true for you, but not for me, true for everybody? Because if true for you, but not for me, is true for everybody, then true for you and not for me can't be true because it's true for everybody. <laughs> I know that can give you intellectual constipation, yeah, yeah, but that's because it's self-defeating. It's actually, there's an easier way of illustrating this. True for you, but not for me. Say, sure, go try that with your bank teller. Go to your bank teller one day and say, look, I'd like $100,000 out of my account. The bank teller looks at your account and says, I'm sorry, sir, you only have $47.16 in your account. That's easy to get the money. Bobby, you simply say, that's true for you, but not for me. Give me the hundred grand. Are you going to get the money? No, you're not. If it's true, there's only $47.16 in your account. That's true for all people at all times in all places when referring to your account at that time. It's just true. And by the way, it's true that Jesus rose from the dead. If he really did, that's true for all people at all times and all places. Mm -hmm. If he really did. Of course, it's not true if he didn't rise from the dead. And I think the evidence is quite strong that he did. So saying it's true for you but not for me may sound good. It's the mantra of our culture, but it's self-defeating. It's logically self-defeating and it just doesn't work. Sounds like you're trying to say that truth corresponds to reality. Frank. I am. I'm actually <laughs> trying to say that.
Yeah, and we're back. Uh, you know, it's either God made all, no God at all, or God is all. That is basically the battle of the mind that we are addressing today as Bible-believing Christians. You know, you can go and talk to somebody and you will run into people who do hold to a polytheistic worldview, but they're far and few in between. You know, if you go and you talk to a Mormon, a uh, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they believe that Jesus is the God of this universe and that there are other gods in, in the eternal plan of progression. But this show is not on the, on the Mormon Church. This is about whether or not all religions say the same thing. Now, in the first part, we talked about the fact that, you know, views of God and uh, views of the problem of evil, I, I touched on those a little bit. What I want to do here is I'd like to go and address four questions that really cement what I'm trying to communicate with you in this show today. You know, every worldview answers four major questions. Some people will say there's five. Uh, I hold to uh, four questions. It's part of my methodology that I have uh, adopted from uh, my mentor, Ravi Zacharias. And uh, it th these questions really, really nail down Everything that, you know, if you, if you don't know anything else about a person's worldview, these four questions will help you. They are origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. Now, the origin question is very, very important. And, of course, you know, I know a lot of uh, people who hold to a presuppositional view, not necessarily a presuppositional view, but uh, homeschoolers, they want to argue uh, creation versus evolution, and atheists were just uh, just begging for for Christians to do that. I don't recommend that by any means. But dealing with this whole idea of origin, the question of where do I come from? Is man created in the image and likeness of God, or is man going through a samsaric cycle uh, through uh, the laws of karma? Is our existence accidental? You know, if you go and you look at all of these, these questions with regards to this umbrella under the question of origin, you can see that religions are different. The next question is the question of meaning. Why am I here? Or what is the purpose for my existence? Now, depending on which religion one embraces, Life can have meaning and purpose when it is glorifying God in a personal relationship, or life is relative to what you make it, or then um, you have to deal with some of the dilemmas out there. You know, when you're looking at relativism, like for somebody who says life is what you make of it, mm. you're going to end up with all these different philosophical dilemmas that can arise trying to fill the void for the next meaningful experience. When you deal with the question of, of, of morality, the question of morality is, where does right and wrong come from? 
what is the find, foundational source of, of an ethical framework? You know, when you look at Judaism and Christianity and Islam, they say that morals are absolute and rooted in God, depending on which God they're talking about. Now, the only question with the monotheistic religions is which God, or is it the God of the Old Testament, or is it the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament, or is it the Quranic uh, view of God? When you deal with the question of destiny, the destiny question deals with where does one go when this life is over? You know, that's an ultimate question. You know, what I'd like to do is I'd like to ask you, and this is a question you can ask anybody. You can take a, a one-minute survey, a one-question one survey, really. You can take, it takes you a shorter time to ask that question than a minute, so... Actually, it's just one question. And that is this. If there is a heaven, what does it take for a person to get there? And of course, you know, you're going to get all kinds of answers from somebody who um, is maybe embracing a whole smorgasbord of religious ideas. And, and of course, this is the whole idea of whether or not we survive after this life is over. Form, in, a formal, in a formal language, it's called post-mortem survival dogmas. Every religion has a post-mortem survival dogma. Every religion holds that the existence of a deity and multiple deities believes that there is an afterlife of some kind after this life is over. Do I go to heaven? Do I go to hell? Am I reincarnated through moksha or nirvana? Or am I exploding into an impersonal void? How many karmic cycles does one have to go through in order to get it right? You know, everybody's seeking to get it right. One way you can get it right is just deal with what Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Christianity teaches that heaven is the destiny for the righteous and hell for those who reject the Lord Jesus as, as, as Lord and Savior. Judaism differs in the fact that they, they believe in, uh, uh, they have to keep the law and the prophets perfectly, but you know, no one can do it perfectly. All of us fall short of the glory of God. Isaiah said that. Paul said that in Romans in 3.23 of Romans. Islam says that paradise is for those who do Allah's will. Heaven is for uh, heaven, or paradise is for Allah. People who do Allah's will. Hell is for the infidel and those who fail to keep Allah's laws. But the problem is the Muslim has a scale that they have to balance. How do they know they've done more good than bad? Hinduism believes in the transmigration of the soul toward unity with an impersonal deity known as Brahman. This is called moksha. When you talk about Buddhism, Buddhism is a response to Hinduism where Gautama didn't like the Vedas and the caste system. But Buddhism also holds to a transmigration of the soul toward exploding into nothingness or an impersonal deity. Now, when you look at this worldview-wise, from a worldview perspective... There are a plethora of problems to claim that all religions say the same thing. Not all religions answer these questions in the same way. The problem is that your worldview is going to have to be coherent 
Each answer to the origin, meaning, morality, and destiny questions, each answer to those questions must be coherent to the answer to the previous question. Not only that, not all religious source books say the same thing. None of the religious books make the claims as any other religions. While the Bible claims that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and died on a cross to pay for the sins of sinful man, and he rose from the dead, the Quran denies these claims. Now, what does this say about the most competitive of these two monotheistic religions? The contrast of the passages are, are very, very insightful. When we contrast the passage from Islam up against the passages of the New Testament speak that speak to the crucifixion of Christ, we see those in Matthew 27, verses 32 to 61, Mark 15, 21 to 47. We see it in Luke 23, 26 to 56, and even in John 19, 28 to 42. But the Islamic claim is that, and it says this in Surah 4, 156 to 159, it says, and, and, they said, and they said in boast, we killed Christ Jesus, the son of Mary, the messenger of Allah. But they killed him not, nor crucified him, but so it was to made appear to them. And those who differ therein are full of doubts with no certain knowledge, but only conjecture to follow. For of a surety, they kill them not. Now, depending on who you speak to, whether it's Shabir Ali or um, Dr. Nayak or Ahmadidat or any of the other Islamic scholars, some people in Islam, some scholars in Islam are questioning this surah. Now, I'm not going to get into that. I just want you to know that on the forefront. But see, if all these religions do say the same thing, where are the similarities? All religions, again, pursue right thinking, right feeling, and right actions. And, and that whole goal is to keep a moral law, which God has placed in the hearts of man, every person. Let me give you a couple illustrations as we think about this in closing. Let me give you the illustration of skiing. Not too long ago, uh, maybe a few years ago now, my goodness, time flies. I was talking to a young lady who worked for one of the banks that I work at in the car business. And she noticed a book on my credenza by Ravi Zacharias, Can Man Live Without God? And she said, well, I'm a spiritual person. I said, well, that's fantastic. She says, I'm, I'm very religious. I said, okay. I said, do you believe that all religions say the same thing? She said, yes. And, I, you know, you have to assume that they're very, very sincere. So I asked her if she skied. And assuming this proposition that God, all gods lead to the same place, or God leads to the top of the mountain, if you will, and there, there are different religious paths to the top of the mountain, I asked her, I said, do you ski? She said, yes. And I said, does the bunny slope go to the top? She said, no. 
Does the intermediate slope go to the top? Does the beginner slope, slope go to the top? No, no. I said, does the advanced slope go to the top? She says, no, not really. I said, where would I have to be in order to know whether or not all paths leading to God at the top of that mountain would get to God? She said, well, you'd have to be at the top of the mountain. I said, well, that makes sense. Can I see all the paths from the top of the mountain? She said, no. I said, where would I really need to be in order to be able to determine those paths making it to the top of the mountain? She says, I'd have to be above the mountain, maybe in a helicopter. I said, there's only one being on top of a religious mountain that can make that determination. And when you make the claim that all paths lead to the, up the mountain to the same God, who are you claiming to be? She says, oh my gosh. I'm, declaiming, I'm, I'm claiming to be as knowledgeable as God. And she says, pow, that really hits me right between the eyes. I said, that's correct. You see, when you make the claim that all religious paths lead up the, 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 up the mountain to the same God, you are making the claim that you have absolute knowledge to know that information when that information is not true based on the, on, on the fundamental teachings of various worldviews and their respective religions. It just doesn't wash. Here's a second illustration. You can take the gurus out of Hinduism and someone else would come along and start that religion. If Gautama did not come along, someone else would have felt the way that he did and started his form of Buddhism. You see, you can take the starters of all the major world religions, but Christianity, and someone could be, someone would be able to come and start that religion. All but Christianity. Folks, if you tried to create your own form of Christianity, it would not look like the Christianity in the Bible. Have you ever thought of that? If you tried to create your own version of Christianity like liberal Christians do, it doesn't look like the, the Christianity in the Bible. It won't. Because you will be in the way of it. You see, you can remove the gurus, you can remove Gautama, you can even remove Muhammad from Islam, and you still have nothing more than religion. And what is religion, folks? It's man reaching up to God to try and please God, but, it, God, but God says in the Old Testament that our righteousness, our righteous deeds, are nothing more than filthy rags. And I'll let you look that up to, to know what that really, really means, some of you who, who know where I'm going with this. But if you take Christ out of Christian, all you are left is with Ian, I-A-N, and Ian cannot help you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. John 14 and verse 6. And Jesus uh, and the, the apostles, when they were before their people, the before the religious establishment in Acts chapter 4 verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else. 
For there was no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. You see, religion is what man does reaching up to God to try and satisfy God's requirements for salvation. Christianity is God reaching down to man and doing what man cannot do. He cannot come to die to pay for the price of your sin and mine. Jesus came and accomplished that for us. Religion is what man does. Christianity is what God does through his son, Jesus Christ. That is the difference. When you look at the questions of origin, meaning, morality, and destiny, and test a worldview with those four questions, where do I come from? Why am I here? What is the purpose for my existence? What is the origin of morality? And what is the origin of right and wrong? And where am I going? The question of destiny when this life is over. When you look at those four, four questions, bring it up, an, up against a, another religion and see if it stands the test. Only Christianity will stand head and shoulders by answering those questions on a coherent and consistent manner. You've been listening to The Real Issue Podcast, the podcast arm of Rob Lundberg Apologetics Ministry and The Real Issue Apologetics. If you would, ministry, if, if you would like to uh, make a donation, you can do so either through Anchor FM when you listen to this podcast on Anchor FM, which has 10 different platforms, or you can go to our website at roblundbergapologetics.com and click on the link on the nav bar, join with us or join us. And that is a donation page. If you would love to make a donation, we are not a 501c3 ministry, but we are looking to equip others and to keep this podcast and keep our blog on online. So if you are willing to do that, if you'd like to do that, if you'd like to know more about our ministry, we'll be more than happy to send you an email telling you more about what we're all about, or you can go to our website at roblundbergapologetics.com. We'll be away this weekend, so we're recording this a little earlier. So I pray that you will get this on the day that we uh, set it for on podcastgarden.com. If you are uh, looking at our links on podcast, uh, podcastgarden.com, I want to let you know that those links for the podcast are back up, even though some of them are, are not as clear as what they were. I don't understand. I don't know what happened. So we're going to look at those. Some of those will be taken down, but we're going to be refreshing them. And we'll be taking those and re-recording them. And they'll probably be a little different. Uh, they'll sound different anyway, because we have a clearer mic. But uh, I want to let you know that's in case you see those go away on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, those are going to be refreshed. So stay with us, hang tight with us, and we will continue to keep you uh, equipped and keep you um, alert as far as what is going on with this ministry. Thank you again for listening to this show, and we'll be back with you next week. If you do have any questions, you can email us at realissueapologetics at yahoo.com, or if you have any questions about resources, email us at that same uh, email address, 
email us at realissueapologetics at yahoo.com. Until next week, this is Rob Lundberg from the Real Issue Apologetics Ministry and Rob Lundberg Apologetics. We'll be back with you next week with another show. Lord bless. Go out there this week, be his ambassador, and go out and give them heaven. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Lord bless. <music>